0: Thank you so much, ladies. Aren't you thankful for all the wonderful blessings we have in Christ Jesus this morning? Amen? Don't lose the wonder of it. Don't lose the wonder of it. Thank you so much, ladies. We appreciate that. All right, all the children up through age 8 are welcome to go to Children's Church. We appreciate all our faithful workers. Open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John. Uh, and then after you found the Gospel of John, chapter 6, the Gospel of John chapter six and again we just it's just good to be here amen I know we say that it's just good to be together worship the Lord. thank you choir, thank you ladies for the special. thank you for that good congregational singing and uh, let's look into the word of God for a little bit. amen. The gospel of John chapter six and after you find your place out let me just read one verse and we'll pray and then we'll look into the word of God for a little bit okay. <clears throat> the gospel of John chapter six. And verse 35, John 6, verse 35, says, And Jesus said unto them, John chapter 6, verse 35, Let me find my place. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall... Never thirst. Wow, what a verse of Scripture. Amen. Would you do something with me right now? And I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not willing to do. Would you just, you know, we're human and sometimes we just, we come to church and we go through our routine. And, and sometimes I do the same thing. I, I'm trying to listen, but boy, the old, you, your mind just starts floating and all and you have to keep coming back. Would you just ask God, you know, it'd be great to have a God that loved. you. you believe God loves you this morning? And he's promised to use his word. And, you know, he knows what I need in my life right now spiritually. And the Holy Spirit is able to take the word of God today and help Frank Hall where he's need help today. Would you in your heart right now just say, Dear Holy Spirit, would you? I'm asking you to take your word today and help me where I am in my life right now. Would you do that in your heart? Let's pray together. Father, we need you today. Lord, you've reminded us in so many ways that without you, without your working, without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, it's all in vain. We can do nothing. And Lord, we know you've promised to honor your word. And so we just want to thank you ahead of time, Lord. And may each of us just help us to keep our mind focused on the message, on your word today. And Lord, help our hearts to be humble, open, and receptive. And may the Holy Spirit have freedom and liberty to show us, Lord, the areas we need help in. And Lord, just uh, if there's someone here unsaved today, Lord, help them to see that. And Lord, all of us, uh, even those who, of us who are saved by your grace, help us to be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have along the way in my life heard a few people make a statement sort of like this, that nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus outright claim for himself to be deity. And when I hear a statement like it, and I've heard that a few times, I think he didn't? Well, that's not, you know. And then I've read, maybe I'm reading a book, a little article or something, and I'll come across something that even outright states that or sort of, Hence, at that that nowhere in the gospel did Jesus ever directly claim to be deity. But along the way, man has credited Jesus with that claim. But even with my little peanut brain just casually reading through the gospels, I thought, really? And believe me, if you hear that or read that, believe me, that's not true. For instance, you're hearing the gospel of John just look you may have to turn a page or two in your bible to John chapter 8. In John chapter 8 is one of the clearest. If this is not a claim to deity, pray tell me what it is. And 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 more all through the gospel time and time again Jesus directly and indirectly claimed this is what we would call a self-claim to be deity, to be God. So don't let anybody tell you or even hint that Jesus himself never claimed to be God or deity. For instance, look at John chapter eight, uh, verse starting with verse fifty-seven. The last three verses of John chapter eight. John eight fifty-seven. Then said the Jews unto him, that's Jesus, "Thou art not yet fifty years old, and thou hast seen Abraham." Actually, actually, Jesus was only in his early thirties we believe about thirty two 33 maybe and here they said, well you're not even fifty years old and you're telling us that you saw Abraham Now, now listen now look up here just a minute get to come here Abraham lived a pro- at least two thousand years before Jesus <laughs> and they're saying you, t- you gee, man, I think this guy's a little you know you're telling us that you actually saw Abraham who lived on this planet. At least two thousand years ago, and look what Jesus said in verse 58. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) I can even go back. Now that, now here we are, here we are, Abraham lived Uh, at least 2,000 years before Christ came to earth. Here we are living today approximately 2,000 years after that. Now that would be like me looking at you and saying, hey, you know Peter and John we read about in the Bible and even Jesus that lived 2,000 years ago, I saw them, I talked to (laughs) them. You'd say, okay, Pastor, I think it's about time for you to retire, amen. But now, you know, but Jesus could say that. And he's claiming there in, in uh, verse John eight fifty eight, Before Abraham was, I am. And more than one time, several times, Jesus cl- is claiming to be the great I am Jehovah God of the Old Testament. Now, if that's not a claim to deity, pray tell me what is. As a matter of fact, these Jews knew exactly what Jesus was saying because in verse 59, they took up stones to stone him. But Jesus just slipped out of the crowd. And why were they going to stone him? Because they said, man, you are committing blasphemy. You're claiming a title of deity for yourself. Now, so all through the Gospels, go back with me to John chapter 6. Now in the Gospel of John, and we've been taught this and we've heard this many times over the years, there are seven Seven, we call them, great I am statements that Jesus made. Now, he he claimed to be I am more than seven times, directly or indirectly, but there are seven major I am statements in the Gospel of John. For instance, the seventh one, the last one, is our theme for this year. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, year the branches. And in the first verse of John chapter 15, he said, I am the true vine, the only real vine. And that the first one, the first of those seven statements we find right here in John chapter 6, we're going to look at for a few minutes. The first one, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And then in between the bread of life and the vine, there's five others. John chapters 8 and 9, Jesus at least two or three times there says, I am the light of the world, morally, spiritually. In John 10, he said, there's two of them. He said, I'm the door, I'm the way, I'm the door. He said, I'm the good shepherd to give my life for the sheep. In John 11, he said, I'm the resurrection and life. And in John 14, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Seven tremendous I am statements. But here in John chapter 6, notice how Jesus claims to be not only the I am, Jehovah God, I'm deity, but I am the bread of life. Look at verse 7. 47, verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life, and I am that bread of life. That bread of life. Look at verse 58. 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Now think with me, why would Jesus use the word bread as an analogy for himself? Okay. Now we know he's not saying, because we, we say take the Bible literally, amen, and we do that. But we understand, and here's an, you know, Jesus isn't saying I'm literally bread. And you say, okay, well, that, that's pretty obvious, Pastor. He's using it as an analogy. Bread is a subject that we can all identify with, can't Isn't that true? Many of you love to make bread. Many of you are very capable of that, and you do a wonderful job of that. You know how to make it and bake it, and some of you know how to sell it. One of our men, Dave Terrell, Dave, uh, Mary Francis. Dave spent, that was his life work. He drove a bread truck. He was a tremendous salesman. And he spent years driving a bread truck, selling bread and bread products. And So some of you know how to make it. Some of you know how to sell it. And we all know how to eat it, right? How many of you love bread? Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, how many of you, how many of you still make bread the old-fashioned way? I mean, roll that dough out there. Get that rolling pin out. Get the old cutter. How many of Do you still make bread that way? I mean, you don't pop them old cardboard cans open, do you? Get them old cardboard. Now, frozen biscuits, cat heads, they, they taste pretty good, don't they? You know. But my bread, bread, sourdough bread, there's so many types of bread. But why would Jesus use bread? Well, actually, Jesus is the one in this chapter that brought the whole subject of bread up. And it's interesting, you know, even the word bread here, and we're, so far we've talked about literal bread, but isn't it interesting that the word bread has used symbolically of food in general? And even, and, and, and it's used basically as a symbol of the basic necessities of life physically. Are you with me? For example, if I could... Uh, get by with using a little old-fashioned hippie language, I could say, hey, dude, lay some bread on me. How many of you have any idea what I'm talking about? Huh? Well, I'm not asking you to put a loaf of bread in my hand or, or a biscuit. I'm put some green in that palm. Amen? Now, I guess modern-day language would be, uh, hey, bro, give me some dough. How about that? Would that be, all right, but I'm catching up with the times there, <laughs> aren't I'm not sure what "bro" means. I hope it's all right. But anyway, uh, so isn't it is something how that word "bread" it, it become a, just the we, we understand. You can even be talking about some something that's just the basic necessities of getting through life physically, our temporal needs. Well, notice here in the first few verses of John chapter 6, and we don't have time to go through all this, Jesus brings up the subject of bread in verse 5, John chapter 6 verse 5, and here's Jesus with a multitude of people, and in verse 5, Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude coming to him, and he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And so here again and he's probably not he's not only talking about literal bread but food in general not only bread but maybe some potted meat or something good to go sardines or whatever you like with it say so where can we buy some food to feed these people with and we know what happened they took he took a few five loaves and two fish and he multiplied it and fed at least five thousand people. There could have been as many as twenty thousand there if you had women and children. So but five thousand sufficient. But I want you to see something very important. Beginning in verse eleven, John six, verse eleven. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise he did of the fish. And I underline this, as much as they, what? Would. And verse 12 says, And when they were filled, he said unto them, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above them that had eaten. Now, I don't know if that's the first eat all you can smorgasbord or not, but did you notice the Holy Spirit tells us He didn't just say, Well, let's just, let's at least get a snack to everybody that they can survive and get home and eat a meal. They were filled, they had everything they ate till they were filled and had 12 baskets full left over. And the emphasis there, they were filled. God met every need. God. He didn't just give them a snack, He filled them up with bread. Now the next day, look at verse 22, the day following. So this is the very next day, verse 22. Drop down to verse 26. Jesus answered him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek Me. Now, at least part of this multitude of people, we don't know if all of them, But part of this crowd of people had followed Jesus and the disciples across the Sea of Galilee. Now, this is the next day. And Jesus said in verse 26, Truly, truly, I say unto you, you seek Me, not because you saw the miracles. You missed the most important message. But because you did eat of the loaves or the bread, the food, and were what? Filled. You were filled. Now, labor not, For the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Point number one today is this. Jesus Christ is trying, and I'll call it this, to arouse their interest in spiritual food. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life... Just like literal bread and food is absolutely essential for our physical life and nourishment, Jesus Christ is the only, only... Matter of fact, you can take all seven of these I Am statements, and there are many lessons to learn from them. Many applications can be made. But the main message in all seven of them is that there's only one source of spiritual life, only one source of eternal life, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the bread, he's, he's the door, He's the way. On and on we can go. And so what Jesus is trying to get this, these people to see is that, yes, as important as all this bread and food and money and all these things are to get us through this physical life, what about your spiritual needs? And I am the bread of eternal life. The only source and nourishment of spiritual life. And he's trying, could we say, arouse or cultivate or stir and give them an appetite or a desire or a concern. Just some, at least a starting concern of what is my spiritual needs. Where can I find spiritual help and spiritual life? Look at, uh, in verse... uh, 20, uh, uh, and and they say, their response in verse 28 is, well, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe. Believe faith on Him whom He hath sent. Now watch verse 30 and 31, and and, and this is my take on this, and and, uh, I think I'm right on this. Notice how they respond to this in verse 30 and 31. By the way, back in verse 14, after Jesus had... had, Now, they saw the the miracle when Jesus said, You seek me the next day, not because you didn't see the miracle. Well, they saw the miracle, but they didn't see the spiritual application of it. Are you with me? And so, back in verse 14, though, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is the truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Wow! <laughs> Not just anybody could do this, multiply the... So this must be that prophet that Moses, back in the Old Testament, Moses predicted that a great prophet was going to come one day. Well, they're on the step, to the, they're going in the right direction now, right? So they got Moses on their mind and this great prophet that's coming. Well, the next day, verses 30 and 31, watch what happens, verse 30. Then said th- uh, they said, therefore, unto Jesus, What sign or what miracle showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? And, and on Wednesday night I told the folk, Jesus must have gone like this. What sign? What miracle? How many more must I do? You're not getting it. Now watch what they say. What dost thou work? What can you do, Jesus, to prove who you are? Our fathers, our forefathers, did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, and they quote from the Psalms, God gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, is this what's happening? They say, well, who do you really believe you are, Jesus? Now, they had high respect for Moses. They said, now what you did yesterday was wonderful. My goodness, you took five loaves, two fish. You fed 5,000 people, maybe even more than that. But guess what? Moses, you you must not be that greater prophet than Moses because Moses fed 2.5 million people. Well, my goodness, that makes (laughs) 5,000. What's what's feeding 5,000? And he did it for 40 years almost. So who do you think you are, Jesus? You only fed 5,000 one meal. Moses fed two and a half million people for 40 years. And look what Jesus says in verse 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread. True bread from heaven. So first of all, he corrects them. He says, no, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Moses didn't give you the bread God gave you that bread. And even in that, Jesus is indirectly saying, My Father, that's an indirect claim to deity. My Father gave those 2.5 million people that bread for 40 years. So in all this, I see Jesus. Now look what their response is in verse... uh, And then in verse 33, he goes on to say, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And look what their response is. Then said they unto him, Master, or Lord, evermore give us this bread. So the word Lord there means, back in verse 14, the day before, many have said, well, this must be that great prophet. Here they're acknowledging him as a great teacher, as a great teacher. And they said, well, goodness, if you could give us a biscuit, Or a loaf of bread that would satisfy us forever? Think how that could save us. You know, it's like the woman at the well, remember? In just the chapter or two back, Jesus said, if you knew what I could give you to drink, you'd never thirst again. And she's thinking, my goodness, if you've got a bottle of that kind of water, (laughs) give it to me right now. And, And humanly, we can understand that. But see, she didn't understand what Jesus was saying. I'm talking about a spiritual drink. Spiritual and hear the same thing. They're saying, so I, what Jesus, you know what he's done? He he's he's got their attention, hadn't he? He's 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 aroused an interest in even though they're 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 transitioning from the physical realm to the spiritual realm, at least they're interested now and say, Wow, <laughs> goodness gracious, give us this bread. Now notice the second thing he does all through this chapter now. Time and time and time and time again, phrase after phrase after phrase, not only has he, is he seeking to arouse their interest, but he's acknowledging his own identity. Jesus is acknowledging his own identity. He's trying to help them to see who it is that you're listening to. Prophet, yes. Great teacher, yes. But don't hey, I am the Son of God. I'm deity. Watch. Go all the way back to verse 27. Verse 27, he says, Labor not for the meat or the food which perisheth. Don't let that be your major ambition in life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. But may your heart desire the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. The Son of Man. By the way, did you know that is the most often title that Jesus claimed for Himself? And, and and a skeptic will come along and see, Jesus always talked about being man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man. You know why He did that? Because He was man. He's a 100% man, and He used that title. It's His mercy and grace. He's identifying. It's a, a title of identification with us. Hallelujah, I'm glad He often referred to Himself as the Son of Man. It's His identification with us. But over and over, He also claimed to be the Son of God. And so he's also trying to help them understand who he is. And he says, The Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And that word sealed there means God the Father. And by the way, this is a whole new concept. We're so used to saying our Father which art in heaven. But now to these Jews, they, that, that's a, individually, that's a whole... Matter of fact, that almost bordered on blasphemy. You, you know they understood God was the father of their nation, but you don't have an individual father son relationship, and we're used to that, aren't we? So here he is. He said, "The Son of Man shall given to you. For him hath God the Father sealed." And that means God has stamped His approval upon this one, whoever this Son of Man is. And by the way, we you know he's talking about Himself. At the baptism, and more than one time, the voice came out of heaven and said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Quit listening to all these skeptics and deniers and religious leaders and listen to what Jesus has to say. Listen to the Word of God. Amen. This, that's what Jesus meant when He said, Hey, listen to the Son of God, the Son of Man, whom the Father from heaven hath sealed. Look, look beginning, if you would, Look at verse 29. Verse 29 again. This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Well, who is this Son of Man? Who is this one who's not only been sealed but sent from heaven? I'm going to start reading with verse 32, and all I'll have time to do is start reading down through here. Now, you can check almost any honest commentary of any Bible teacher, and they'll tell you this passage down through here is one of the deepest passages. Jesus says some mighty profound things. And I'll tell you right now, I don't think any of us will ever completely understand it all till we get to heaven, but we can get the thrust of it, amen? And what we're looking for is how many statements Jesus makes identifying Himself. I am this Son of Man. I am this One who's been sealed. I am the One that's been sent down from Heaven. I'm going to start reading in verse 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from Heaven, but My Father giveth you the true bread from Heaven. For the bread of God is He, it's a person, which cometh down from Heaven and giveth life. Eternal life, spiritual life, under the world. And by the way, notice he keeps talking about how it's a gift. Have you picked up on that? Give, 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 it's a gift. And by the way, notice the word world there in verse 33. It'll come up again later on. Listen, they said, well, you fed 5,000, that's great. Moses said 2 and a half million. And Jesus is saying, hey, I can do even better than that. I can feed the whole world. <laughs> and so what's Jesus? Jesus is trying to help him to see... Hey, even with all due respect to Moses, I am greater than all of the great forefathers put together. I'm Jesus. Verse 35, And Jesus said unto them, I, okay, who is this Son of Man? Who is this one, Jesus? You keep talking about this one sent one, this sealed one, this one that came down from heaven. Who is He? And Jesus says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. And he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Don't you love that? <laughs> oh, he's trying to create a thirst and a hunger, and now he says, I'm the only one that can quench that thirst and it. You know what? My wife, the other day, was looking something, and, and she said, we was reading something about another, oh, I, well, I won't mention the name of a of a well-known movie star, and and he's, I think, about 90 now, and he's saying that he's, uh, he knows he's about to die, and, and uh, uh, he just, every day, he's expecting to die. And all these riches, and all this fame, and everything. And you can try to hide it all you want, but I'm going to tell you what, when, that, when you know that you're ready to go into eternity, and that old heart's about to take its last beat, you know all this stuff doesn't satisfy It's not going to satisfy. Matter of fact, it doesn't satisfy while you're going through. You you may, but sooner or later, you just got to have more and more. This old world just can't satisfy. And on and we were talking about how so many people have everything more than I mean, economically, physically. I mean, as far as this world is concerned, they have everything in abundance, and they're so miserable, and they commit suicide. And they Why? Because they, just, they can't find that that can quench that spiritual thirst and satisfy that spirit. That whether they realize it's spiritual or not, there's something inside that only God, only Jesus can. Aren't you glad you know Jesus as your Savior? And Jesus said, hey, I'm that bread. I'm that source. I'm the only one that can bring you spiritual life and spiritual nourishment. He goes on to say, verse 36, but I said unto you that you also have seen me and you believe not. It all comes back to faith and believing. Verse 37 All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Now don't get hung up there on the part, now what does that mean the Father give me? That's election, isn't it? I wonder if I'm one of the elect. Notice all this is for assurance. Listen, if God's doing a work in your heart, you're going to come to Jesus. And what He's saying there is, if you come to Me, I will in no wise cast you away. I'll not say no to anyone who comes to Me with true repentance and true faith. It's assurance. Verse 38, For I came down from heaven... Not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which He hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And Jesus says some of these things over and over again. Verse 40, And this is the will of Him that sent Me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And Jesus said, Come to Me, I'll forgive your sins, I'll give you eternal life, and I'll lose none of you, I'll cast none of you away, and hallelujah, I'm going to raise your body up in the resurrection day. Wow! The truth is contained in these verses. In other words, He's identifying Himself. I, Jesus and this bread of life, this source of spiritual life, this spiritual nourishment that you need. Now, they're getting the picture. but How are they going to respond? Look at verse 41. The Jews, and some believe perhaps these are some of the Pharisees, some of the religious leaders. Now, hang with me just for a minute. Are you still with me? The Jews, in verse 41, murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Well, they got the message, didn't they? <laughs> they, they, they knew what he was saying. But see, their old pride, their religious pride. Their, they and Watch verse 4. And they said, well, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? And Jesus then goes on to say, for lack of time, let me he just says, uh, verse 43, well, quit murmuring among yourselves. If, if God doesn't help you see it, you're helpless. Uh, you know, if you're not willing to humble your heart and ask God to give you, and look at it honestly, you're never going to see the truth anyway. Now, Jesus can say that because he knows people's hearts. Amen? And he said, we can stand here and argue all day long, and you're just going to get harder and harder because you're not going to humble your heart. And, and And accept the truth you're just it's just going to make you harder and harder, but one thing Jesus did, he aroused an interest, he acknowledged his identity, and now notice he gives an amazing invitation, an amazing invitation. Look at verse fifty one He says, "I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man will eat of this bread, he shall live forever." And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, Jesus is talking about spiritual life. He said, I'm going to die. I'm going to give my flesh. I'm going to give my life, my physical life on the cross so that you might have forgiveness of sins through my righteousness, through my shed blood. In verse 52, Again, the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Why, well, he's asking us to become cannibals in order to get to heaven. It's Kind of like Nicodemus, wasn't it? I've got to be born again in my mother's womb? Nicodemus, we're in two realms here. Let's jump out of the physical into the spiritual realm. Now, watch beginning in verse 53. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. What? Let me ask, can we be honest with each other just for a moment? you ever read something in the Bible and and you have such reverence for God, fear of God, respect for God, that you you don't want to say it, but you might as well because you thought it? Does the Bible really say this? You might as well go and say it. Yuck! Why would Jesus word it this way? Eat my flesh, drink my blood? Well, for one reason, he's emphasizing. Now, listen to me very carefully. You. You can make me a loaf of bread and many of you ladies and men, perhaps you've made Judy and I bread, cakes, food along the way, and boy, we can go on and on about that, tell a story. But you know what? And you give it to us, and we can look at it and and smell it and, 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 and tell you how thankful we are, but until we actually take a piece of that and eat it and partake of it, it does us does us no good, right? We have to die take it and Eated, in other words, there, he's emphasizing a personal response. You can know all about it up here, but have you personally tasted how good the Lord is? Have you eaten and partaken of the work? That's the main lesson. Does that make sense? But could Jesus have said it a different way? Well, hang on to that, and let me finish reading this. Okay, just another look. Look at verse. 50. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him, as the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Now these things said Jesus in the synagogue as He taught in Capernaum. And notice their response in verse 60. Many therefore of His disciples when they had heard this said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Yuck! You hear this guy talking about us eating His flesh and drinking His blood? That word hard? And then Jesus said, Does this offend you? In verse 61. Are you offended at this? Why would he say that? Now remember who he's talking to, Jews. Moses in the Old Testament, ceremonially, you were unclean if you even touched a dead body. God very clearly taught him, you don't drink blood, eat flesh. Well, why would Jesus over and over again, you know what, could it be, and I offer this as a suggestion, he's actually trying to bring them out of their pride. He's again he's hey, listen, I'm the one who gave Moses that law. My authority. And all that's past now. And, and, and for some reason Jesus and, and I I read that and I go, yeah. And even though I understand that he's talking to her he 's not talking about literally eating his body and flesh, even when I read it, I think, well Jesus couldn't you have got your point across with a little you know that 's kind of yucky isn't it now don't you know I'm, the Lord knows my heart when I say that. I think perhaps knowing who he 's talking to, he's trying to help him to see, listen, your old proud religion's not going to get you to heaven, even Judaism. All those good works and all that law. All that law. Are you stumbling over this? Is this a thing? You know, I walked in a business years ago up in Pennsylvania. I found this particular businessman was a Jew. And we had done some business in this story. One day I went in. I thought, you know what? I, I, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but I thought, I love Jewish people. Uh, if If, if and, and, and God loves his chosen people. And, 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 I, and I know we're not supposed to be prejudiced, but I have to admit to you, I, and because, and, you know, I, I just I thought, boy, I, if I can get the gospel out to a Jewish person, I, I know that's not any more important than anybody else, but I get excited about that. Amen? And I remember back years ago in my ministry in Pennsylvania, I thought, what, I'm going to go in and, and I'm going to witness to this Jew. I'd love to just lead a Jew to Christ. I love to lead anybody to Christ, all right? Don't don't anything. So I went in and and uh, I, I, and and we had purchased stuff, and I said to this gentleman, uh, I, you know, I introduced. I said, "I'm the pastor of of a Bible Baptist Church over in New Bloomfield," and and I pulled out a gospel track, and boom, man, you'd have thought dynamite went off. Don't you start? I mean, he yelled at me. He, brought me, oh my God, he said, "Don't you start talking to me about that slaughterhouse religion." I said, Slaughterhouse religion? Don't you start talking to me about a God that would take His Son and crucify Him and nail Him to an oath. What kind of a religion is that? Well, I thought, well, I'll tell you what kind it is. And I don't remember. I said, it's a God that loves you enough and loved me enough to send His Son down out of heaven to go to that old rugged cross. Well, boy, it was obvious. Whew, man. I didn't get very far out. You learn how to witness a lot, the hard way sometimes, don't you? A lot of the way. Well, you see, that's what Jesus is appealing to here. Does this offend you? This slaughterhouse religion? This blood? This shed blood? And you're going to take it? You, you're even going to take the words out of your Bible and take the words out of your hymns because, that, you know... Singing about blood, isn't there another word we could use other than blood? Let's just use a. Let's just say he died for us. That's that gets the point across, doesn't it? You know, they're st- they're still within my old flesh and sin nature, that's tempted to do the same thing. You know, I think Jesus is appealing to the. Uh, is that the right word? He's trying to deal with their pride here, and bring them to the place where they acknowledge. Hey, you need me. You need Jesus. I'm going to ask you a question. Jesus said He fed them and said they were filled. Are you filled spiritually today? Is your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ? Can you say, I have found forgiveness of sin, salvation, call it what you I found spiritual life in Jesus Christ. And right now... As far as I know, everything's okay between me and the Lord. And I don't, I'm not only saved, but I've been feasting on Him and feeding on Him the bread of life. And I'm just filled today. Amen. I'm filled. Because my thirst is quenched and my appetite satisfied. Whoo! Glory to God. I just had a meal. And it's all because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful, folks? The bread of life. Now... Are you depending on Jesus? Don't let your old pride. Don't let your old pride lead you into hell one day. Amen. If you're not safe, you're depending on anything, anything or anyone other than Jesus and the finished work of Jesus Christ, get it right. Amen. Get that thing settled. Get it nailed down. Amen. And make sure, hey, Jesus said, I'm the bread of Come unto me. Come unto me. Believe on me. And I'll not turn you. Never cast anyone away who comes on my terms. Trust me. And I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. It's simply by faith in the finished work of Jesus. Be a partaker. Be a partaker of the benefits of my broken body and my shed blood. Let's pray together. Father, may the Holy Spirit help us. And Lord, not just to be saved, but all through life, even as a Christian, we can go to church, read our Bibles, memorize Scripture, and still not really be satisfied because all that's just a means to an end. It's all about fellowship with You, Jesus. It's all about feasting on You. You're our spiritual nourishment. You're not only the source of our spiritual life, you're the source of our spiritual nourishment. And may we, Lord, our theme this year is abiding, abiding in Christ, dwelling in Christ, loving you, growing in you. And oh, may we know what it is to have our spiritual hunger satisfied and our thirst quenched, not just been satisfied with being saved and going to heaven, but oh, may we truly, Be rooted and grounded in your love and have fellowship and communion with you the rest of this year like we've never had before. And God, will thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you stand with me, please? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And I'm going to ask the pianist just to play through a verse. Listen. First of all, foremost... If you're not absolutely sure that you're a born-again, saved child of God today, would you let us help you with that, one of our men and one of our ladies? That's the most important. And while I continue to talk, meet me right down here at the front. I'll ask you what's on your heart, and we'll have someone pray with you and get that thing settled. But for most of us here today, maybe all of us, we're saved we're on our way to heaven. Are you feasting on Jesus? Are you really filled today? Are you satisfied? One of our goals this year in our theme abiding in Christ is to challenge us in our daily walk with Jesus. Fellowship, prayer, Bible reading, even coming to church. It's all all these things, as good as they are, a means to an end. Is everything okay between you and Jesus today? Are you in fellowship with Him? Children, young people, this is good for all of us. Are you in love with Jesus today? Do you ever talk to him, fellowship with him? That's what he's talking about. Yesterday's meal won't do for today. It's a daily thing, isn't it? It's a daily walk and talk and communion and fellowship with Jesus. That's the satisfaction we need going through this old world, isn't it? Just make sure everything's okay between you and Jesus today. I'm gonna to ask the pianist to play. Play one more verse and that's all. Just Let the Lord speak to your heart. Tell Him you love Him. Just thank Him for His goodness to you. If we can help you any way at all, please let us know. all the Lord's people said, Amen. Somebody just sent me a text, there's about a foot of snow outside, just joking with you, okay? (laughs) How many of you kids would like that, amen? I kind of like that too. God bless you, good day, be careful going home, we'll see you tonight.